Happy 2022. I am so excited to let you know about a great new workshop that I have planned. It is totally free and it is targeted to you. That's right. To having the new year you always want. You know you make those resolutions and then they kind of crumble within the first few weeks. That's why I want you to join me January 18th, 19th, and 20th. 45 minutes each day. You can make that much of a commitment to yourself. I know you can. Are you ready for stressless success? I know you work so hard in everything you do. You're always dragging yourself across that finish line. Sometimes it's truly by sheer force of will. Am I right? I know I have been there. That no matter what kind of attitude and the busyness that just seems to flood your life from every corner, whether it's your projects or workplace dynamics or things going on with your personal life, Wouldn't you like to have success on your terms? Wouldn't it be great to have a fulfilling career where you feel like you can truly make a difference and great relationships and be paid what you're worth? Stop depleting yourself to succeed. You can find the link in the show notes or you can go to architectingpodcast.com. Get yourself signed up for this. This is gonna be fire. You don't want to miss this. It is gonna set you up for the best year of your career. I'm so excited to offer this free course and I really hope you'll join me there. Let's do this. Welcome to Architecting. I'm your host Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architected. Bright, bright lights. So happy to be with you here today. We have been doing a lot of inner work over the last few episodes, really thinking about where our triggers are, how to be more aligned, how to be clear, how to set boundaries, how to keep forward momentum. Despite all of that, as An old boss I had years ago used to say every time we walked into a client interview, remember, you might know what you're talking about, but first, they have to like you. This is something I struggle with as an introvert because I don't need people so much. And while I don't want people to dislike me, if I sense vibes that someone doesn't like me, I'm just sort of like, peace out, done. I guess avoid having to interact with them. What's bad about that is that it doesn't it doesn't get to conflict resolution or getting you out of your story. Is the way you show up in the world more repellent than attractive? So I thought it would be fun today to spend some time just kind of thinking a little bit about 
how the way we show up can be more or less appealing to people. We want to create positive interactions so that we can have positive relationships. Trying to build trust with people by showing them things that are subconscious cues that they can open up to you, they can be vulnerable, they can trust you. It starts with what attitude do people perceive when they are around you? And this may or may not have anything to do with how you are actually feeling inside about them or the situation. It's your body language. Within nanoseconds, when we are in the presence of another human being, we are scanning the eyes. Those are the mirrors to the soul. We're looking at their posture for clues and cues. We're looking at their hands, their breathing rate to see whether they seem at ease or not at ease. That protective fight or flight instinct within us that happens in the most primitive part of our brain is saying, is this person safe or not? If you appear to be compassionate, if you appear open, people feel safer than if you feel edgy or nervous. How do you do that? First of all, a lost skill of today is to really force yourself to give the other person your undivided attention. And that can be really hard to do on Zoom calls. And we're all having so many virtual interactions these days that we're so tempted to tune out, to multitask, to not make eye contact. I mean, which little screen are you supposed to be looking at? But really try to be scanning the different screens to especially focus on the person who is speaking and make sure that if they were to look at your screen, your eyes would be looking at the camera, not up, not down, not to the side, and put your camera on. Be available. Try to get outside of yourself, your own thoughts, your own nervousness, your own agenda, and really listen not only to what people are saying, but the way that they're saying it. Tone of voice, speech cadence, all of these things can communicate how someone is feeling beyond just the words that they're saying. Look for the things that seem to get them really excited, really motivated, where their face kind of lights up where they seem really excited because those are the areas that if you want to build trust with them, you want to give them time and space to talk about. You want to ask questions the next time you see them. You want to follow up with them. Now also pay attention to when they try to change the subject or when they suddenly seem nervous or get quiet. Those might be things that this person is avoiding because they don't feel comfortable. So those might be areas that you want to approach them about and see if they need help, 
where you might want to offer them resources or assistance. What you're doing is making people feel seen and you are also showing them that you care about what matters to them and how they're feeling. So that will build trust immediately. Another thing you can do is to show that you are open. Nod slightly as someone talks, maybe tilt your head to the side a little bit, just so there's a sense that you're really paying attention to what they're saying. No matter how excited you are to make a certain point or a statement or express knowledge, hold yourself back, ask questions, take a beat of a pause before you do talk to make sure, one, that the person who is speaking has finished speaking and has nothing more to add. A lot of people tend to pause a really long time, but they really weren't done speaking. So you take that beat to give them the space so they don't feel interrupted. Don't be so desperate to be the first one to have to answer a question or offer a solution. Really let other people have their voice. We're often tempted to think, oh, I have to say something right away. I gotta be raising my hand, be the model student, show off what I know. If you really wanna look like a leader, you really wanna build trust. You ask questions, you call on people, you respond to what they're saying before you throw out your ideas. Another trick that is actually a really interesting one, um, Mel Robbins has a new book about high five and the power of high five. We've all been conditioned to give someone a high five as a way of saying, good job, you did it, go you right on. When you make those kinds of gestures, when you offer those kinds of gestures to others, the high five, the fist bump, you're reinforcing positive experiences for them. And in her book, Mel Robbins actually encourages everyone to give themselves a high five in the mirror every morning to make a habit of this to celebrate yourself and your wins because as we know, you can't nourish anyone from an empty cup. So when you feel good and you feel confident and you aren't beating yourself up, that will translate to the way that your micro gestures are communicating to others you will not feel, you'll feel more open and not as closed off and people will pick up on that language. Be aware of your posture. When you're overly tense and you're holding yourself in an awkward position, when you're kind of caved in on yourself, when you appear too cocky because you're sort of leaning on one hip or sitting on the side of a table or leaning against the wall. It shows arrogance. It communicates that. When you fidget, you put people at dis-ease. 
when you have a stance that makes you smaller instead of expanded, you're basically telling people that you're not worth paying attention to. Be very aware of your posture and even some habits that you might have to work to break. I have a really bad habit, for example, of biting my lip when I'm deep in thought. A lot of times I don't even know that I'm doing it. However, what it looks like to other people is a deep frown, which if I am lost in thought and my eyes are kind of drawn together and intensely focused and I have this deep frown on my face, I look like I'm ready to murder them. When I'm actually just thinking through, has nothing to do with the other people around me, but that body language, right? That body language is communicating something very, very, very different, which is why we have to pay so much attention to how we carry ourselves, how open our body language is. So things like hands on hips, hands in pockets, those all convey that you're defensive in some way. And in yoga, we often practice this, like making your spine really tall, lining your ankles, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, and your ears in a straight line, relaxing your shoulders straight down so that they are pulled back but far from your ears. Don't wear your shoulders as earrings. Often we do that when we try to stand straight. We tend to pull our body up in such a stiff position that our shoulders are up, which does not convey open, undefended. It conveys tense and vigilant. Crossing your arms is another way to come across as angry or accusing. Another really important thing to do to build trust with people is something called mirroring. We instantly resonate more with people who we see as having things in common with us. When you subtly mirror the posture and the gestures of the person you're talking to, you're creating this sense of being in sync with them. So what does that look like? If they lean a little bit closer when they want to make a point and you lean a little bit closer, it shows that you understand that they're making that point and that you are interested in what they have to say. When they're finished speaking and they tend to lean away, if you do that, you're sort of giving them that closure that yes, that moment has passed and we can reset. Those kind of barely noticeable mirroring gestures send a message to the other person's subconscious mind that they have a closeness with you, a resonance, which makes them more open to want to spend time with you, to want to work with you. One thing that I would invite you to do 
the next time you walk into a room is not to worry about whether you're running late, whether you had a chance to get a cup of coffee, whether it's cold outside, whether traffic was bad, whether you have your presentation ready to go. Stop in the doorway and read the room because just like we have to work on getting out of our own heads and being more aware of other people and the situation, other people can often be just as much in their own world. It's human nature. So by being conscious when you enter a room to look at each person and kind of get a snapshot on how they seem to be doing and feeling in that moment will give you some really, really powerful information on how you want to interact with them, even if you've never met them, because body language is that powerful. The other thing that happens when you assess a room is that you are very, very subtly showing that you are a powerful and confident person because people will look at you and they'll notice that you're paying attention and that you are focused on them since we are our own universe when we sense someone cares about us or is focusing on us our respect for them starts to move up just a few notches Another thing to think about when you're dealing with someone one-on-one is the dynamic. If you position yourself directly opposite someone, you can show them that your focus is right on them versus if you're kind of turning away a little bit. But you could also establish connection with people who you feel might be intimidated by you by standing next to them, which instead of a you and me dynamic creates a we dynamic. You know, think about the person in this situation. If you're working, say, as a project manager with a younger intern, you might want to be side by side with them so they feel like you've got their back and that you're going to help them. On the other hand, if you want to convey information and instructions, you might want to be directly opposite the person so that they know you're focusing on them and you're able to read how they are processing what you are telling them so that you can ask follow-up questions and check to see if they've understood. The secrets to being likable happen those first nanoseconds when people are getting a read on you. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you trustworthy? Are you likable? Your open posture, your reading of the room, your focus on each person, your lack of fidgeting or defensive gestures, your broad shoulders show that you are confident and interested Your smile shows you are friendly, approachable. As you begin the dynamic of working with people or having conversations, remembering not to fidget, 
to make positive gestures like thumbs up and high five and not defensive gestures like slouched shoulders or crossed arms or hands on hips. Turning to look at someone, nodding to show you understand and agree. All of those nonverbal cues speak louder than the words you actually say. When it comes to working in the world, doing what we want to do, having the influence to be able to get people to yes, so that they believe in us and our vision, and we can help them live their best lives, remember, first they have to like you. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this, your experiences with this. Go to architectingpodcast.com and DM me or tag me. I want to know your experiences with body language and likability. Take care for now. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.